2: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, John Valencia. We are joined today by Steve Schaup of Fanspeak to talk more Redskins trade news with, I mean, this Fuller for Alex Smith deal is, it's all I can think about. I know a lot of you fans, saw. you guys can think about too. It's, It's a crazy deal and something that none of us really expected to happen. So, I have Steve on because I know he has a lot of things to say about it. So, how's it going, Steve?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Cooling down a little bit, but uh, yeah, still have some strong takes on this.
2: I I think I'm in the exact same boat. I woke up this morning. Uh, I mean, I was I was still not having a good night or anything like that. But I'm I'm doing better today. I think. I think I'm I'm more relaxed, more mellow, looking toward the future. I'm still not happy, but you know what? It happened. I can't do anything about it. I'm still going to root for this this stupid team but I mean it it happened I can't do anything about it though so let me just get your quick reaction though when you first saw this happen I'm I'm gonna say before you found out it was Fuller so your first reaction when you saw that we traded for Smith and it was like a third rounder and a player to be named later what was your immediate reaction
0: Uh, I was pretty disappointed I still while it seemed more and more that the cousin's door was closing and I and I will say this: I think Smith is, is a decent quarterback. I think yeah. he's you know generally a, a fifteen to twenty range QB, and he's been a really good game manager quarterback for a number of years, and does have experience and playoff experience. But so at first it was like a third rounder and a player. Depending on that player, I, I wasn't totally against it. Uh, just a little disappointed that it closed the door on Cousins before they really gave it a shot. Yeah, but that progressively changed as the rest of the details came out.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what was your reaction when you found out that that player to be named later was our number one rated player on our roster this past season from Pro Football Focus, the number one slot corner rated by Bleacher Report this past year, and, I I mean, a hometown kid that was drafted, brought up here, and and had a superstar season last year, Kendall Fuller. What was your immediate reaction when you found out it was Kendall freaking Fuller?
0: I I mean, really, that was... A bit of a gut punch because, you know, after Kerrigan, after Jonathan Allen, you know, Fuller going forward was probably your next best piece going forward for this defense. I mean, Norman's getting older, Um, you know, Breland's a free agent, you know, Zach Brown right now is a free agent, though I'd probably put Fuller over Brown and it, it just... You know that that's a big piece, and and not only that, he's really cheap for two years. And wow, he wasn't good as a rookie. We all know he was coming off the injury. While he was a third-round pick, a lot of people thought he was a top, you know, thirty player, a, a possible first-rounder, if not for the injury. So he just seemed like a building block, and that's something this team desperately needs. And to give him up for, you know, a, an aging quarterback, who, as I said, is okay, but not even really that good it's not like he uh, replaced his cousins hundred uh, percent that just seemed to be a, a crazy move and like you said all the other uh, sites that are, are touting fuller I mean even I think DJ Swinger made some comment that their internal grades at fuller like one of their highest rated players on defense so it, it's just it's kind of crazy still to think about that they gave up that much for Alex Smith
2: Yeah, I mean, I think my reaction pods last night kind of said it all, so guys, uh, guys, if you haven't heard my podcast from last night, they're actually like two of my most popular podcasts here on the site, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I mean, they were just quick reactions the second that I found out about these things, I recorded, unedited, threw it up, please go listen to them, you'll hear a very distraught uh, Redskins fan, because I I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it was Kendall Fuller, I mean... I was upset when I thought it was Fabian Moreau, because I think Moreau can actually be something good in the NFL. And I still like Moreau, and I'll talk about him a little bit later on here. But Kendall Fuller, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, I, I mean, we're going to get into this again a little bit later, but I know a lot of people are saying it's just a slot corner, but the slot corners are starters now. And it's not like it's just a slot corner either. It's It was like the number one slot corner in the NFL, or top three, top five, whatever your preference was. It was a, an upper echelon slot corner. In a division that has Cole Beasley, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Sterling Shepard—I mean, these are a lot of good slot options that these other teams have—and you're just getting rid, you're, you're just getting rid of your your guy who can shut that down. I, I hated the trade just because it was Kendall Fuller. If it was like a third and a second, I could live with it. If it was a third in Moreau, I could have lived with it. But a third and Kendall Fuller—that's that's just so much for an aging quarterback, you know.
0: Well, well, and as you say, just a slot corner, let, let's keep in mind, Kendall Fuller played 70% of the snaps slot this past season, and we actually don't know that he would be, quote unquote, just a slot corner going forward. Breland's leaving. It's quite possible that Fuller would be a full-time starter and just kick into the slot when, you know, they needed him to. You know, I, I think that's very reasonable to expect, given how well he developed and played last year. You know, he could have been a full-time starter, and like I said, probably our best secondary piece.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you and I mean, the secondary has like vastly improved. You know, they have good young players with Nicholson, DJ Swearinger. I think again, I think Moreau has a bright future ahead of him. It's just it just seems like a lot getting getting rid of a young player like that and I just wasn't a huge fan of that. But to kind of shift our focus here, let's let's shift on just the quarterback adjustment here. So, not the third round pick involved, not fuller involved, just from Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith. Do you think this is a drop off, a similar style of play, an, an improvement? What, what's your take on Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith now?
0: I think it's it's a pretty moderate drop off. I mean, it again, I'm not trying to make Alex Smith out to be the, the worst quarterback in the league, and not you know, I mean, he's better than the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, the Josh McCowns, those types of quarterbacks, and definitely better than Colt McCoy. This guy, I know he's coming off a career a year, but he did that at age 33. He has over 150 starts in this league. Should we really expect that to be the new norm? I just think that's crazy. I mean, prior to that, the only other season where he put up, you know, quote-unquote good numbers would be his, like, nine games in 2012 at San Francisco before Colin Kaepernick replaced him. Outside of that, his full season numbers have been very mediocre. I mean, the year before last, he only had a 3.1% touchdown percentage. That's not good, you know? I mean, that's, that's really below average. You're just talking about a guy who's been a game manager. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's been a good game manager. He's helped lead you know, the Chiefs to the playoffs. But they really went to the playoffs because of elite rushing attacks and a really elite defense. I mean, this is the first season the Chiefs did not have a top-ten rated defense in points allowed.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I like Alex Smith. I really do. And I think both of us are going to be on this train where we like Alex Smith. We don't think Alex Smith's a bad quarterback. It's just... Cousins does do more in this offense. I think with Alex Smith, you're going to get a lot more checkdowns. And and yes, I know a lot of you guys would tell me all year that Kirk only checks the ball down. He sucks because he checks the ball down. Wait until Alex Smith comes in is our quarterback next year. You'll see a lot more checkdowns. Chris Thompson might break the catch record if he can stay healthy because there's going to be so many checkdowns. And again, I don't hate checkdowns. I don't hate that So I don't hate that style of play. But if you're expecting him to be a big-time player. If you expect him to you know, make the plays that Kirk made, for instance, at the end of that Seahawks game, I don't see that happening with Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith, more so than Kirk Cousins, needs a better supporting cast. Because what we saw this past year is Smith had a slightly better year than Cousins. I mean, I know he had a lot less picks, but overall the years were pretty similar except for the interceptions. But if you look at it, Smith had better, way better running game a way better receiver than what we had on our roster a better tight end than than we had all year because ours were all hurt and he I mean he barely put up any better numbers than Kirk did and at the end of the day do you really think Alex Smith with lesser talent is going to be better than what Kirk did these last couple years with us and I I think for me the answer is no I think the Redskins did get the best option on the market and I think they did a great job of doing that they they put themselves in position not to fall to the very bottom and fall to the seller and not fall to four or five wins. But if you're trying to tell me that the Redskins have propelled themselves up to 10, 11 wins with this trade, I have a hard time agreeing with you on something like that.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's what it boils down to. I think you look at, uh, you know, what's been the knock on Cousins, and, you know, kind of like you said, like the checkdowns, he doesn't throw the ball well deep, and, you know, I mean, that's patently false. You know, not enough touchdowns, bad red zone efficiency. All those things could be said even worse about Alex Smith, that the last two years... The Chiefs were terrible in the red zone, and, and they went to the playoffs. I mean, they were a good team, but again, defense and running game. And, you know, Alex Smith's touchdown percentages have always been pretty low. Uh, his career number is 4%. Cousins' number is 4.7%. You say that doesn't seem like much, but that's the difference between a top-10 quarterback and the 16th, 17th, 18th quarterback. And, and you know, the checkdowns are definitely there. Alex Smith has never been a good deep, deep passer this past year. He was. I'm just not seeing him continuing to do that at age 34, 35, 36. And I, I agree with you. I think Cousins been the key to the Redskins, what level of success that they've had, not just from a win-loss standpoint, but from being in games. You brought up the Seattle game, but think about games that they lost, the Vikings game, yeah. the Saints game this past year, the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving a year ago. I mean, Cousins played lights out, and they lost because of terrible defense, bad special teams, the penalty, you know, the... Uh, the phantom penalty in that Saints game at the end when they could have lined up for a field goal. Yeah, Those losses aren't our cousins. I mean, he just balled out in those games and carried the Redskins t- into a position to win against great teams. I mean, Cowboys are the best team you know in the NFC a year ago. Vikings and Saints were two really good teams this year. So, you know, I just think he's put them in a position to win or actually win games quite often these last three years. Alex Smith has more been about not losing teams' games, and he's very good at that. He doesn't make mistakes. He does turn the ball over less, but it's also led to a lot less touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's kind of been the thing, the knock on Cousins, and Smith's even worse at that. So, I, I don't know. I just don't see, like you said, the Redskins improving their win total because that's not how they're built. They're not built to win defensively or on the ground.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly in the same boat here. And I think... My overall thing is, I again, I don't think the Redskins got way worse because of this trade. I just don't think they got better in any way. I think the best you can say is that they're going to stay at the pace of 7-8 wins. Now, again, they could add some more talent in the in the uh, offseason here, but I think a big thing with that is we didn't save that much money with, with uh, Alex Smith. So I know you like talking contract a lot, and there's a reported, I think it's what, four years, $97 million extension, if you want to go into that a little bit here. Uh, I mean it's a big it's a big extension but I'll let you uh, have the floor on this one here
0: yeah so we don't know the official contract numbers for Alex Smith yet but I think what they're reporting right now is four years 95 million uh, 94 95 million so roughly you're looking at over the five-year term of 111 million cousins was rumored to be looking for between 125 and 140 million roughly the car number to just above the Stafford number. That means what you're looking at in terms of savings is between two and six million a year difference between these two quarterbacks, depending on how high cousins goes on that scale. That That's, you know, nice, especially if it is all the way up to the six million, but it, your offense got worse in this deal. Your defense got worse with the loss of four and you lost a premium draft pick, you know, a top 100 pick. So That's a lot to give up just for a few million in savings. And I agree with you. I mean, they didn't get significantly worse, but they got worse in three key areas. And I do think that's going to be tough for them. I mean, all that savings is going to be now used to try and replace that draft pick who could have been, you know, if not a starter, a key contributor uh, as a rookie and definitely replacing Fuller. So that, to me, is going to be significant that the savings is going to end up being negligible.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with you a little bit there. I, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I do think when we get the whole like details of the contract, I do think it's going to be a more backloaded contract. So I don't expect the cap hit to be very huge these first couple years. And I do expect the Redskins to have an out after about two or three years because, I, I mean, he is signed through five years now. I don't see him playing on this team for five years. I see it being more of a, he plays for three years and he's either cut or traded for... A rookie, because I think we're going to spend a draft pick on a rookie this year. That's just all speculation, though. I don't have anything there, but I, that's kind of where I see it. I do think it's going to be a backloaded contract, so I do think it'll free up more space. But even free up, say, like eight, nine more million dollars this year. I mean, is it really worth the third round pick plus Fuller plus a you know a decrease in play? I I just don't. It's hard for me to accept that honestly, and that's kind of where I am with that there. But uh, we're going to transition here a little bit to. Secondary talk now. So Kendall Fuller is gone. You know he's not coming back, no matter what you Redskins fans say. You you can tell him to fail his physical all you want. He's not coming back. <laughs> He'll he will not play for the Redskins again. So going into this next year, because it doesn't look like Breland is going to be back. We have Josh Norman, Quinton Dunbar, Fabian Moreau, and Josh Holsey. Now I know a lot of people have been saying this is a deep cornerback group that we have here, but does that sound deep to you?
0: Uh, yeah, I I don't get it. You know I I understand that. And, and look, I'm in the camp. I understand that Norman didn't have an interception last year, but I still think he played yeah. pretty well yeah. overall. And, and I do like Moreau. And, you know, I think Dunbar ha- has looked pretty decent, but I think that's a big drop off losing Breeland and Fuller. I mean, those were really good pieces last year. And, you know, this idea that Moreau's just going to be able to step into one of those roles and Dunbar the other that I that just doesn't fly with me. And Hosley, I mean, he had nine snaps last year, let's be yeah. honest. He was a seventh round pick. He had nine snaps. I know he showed some things in preseason, but the idea that he's now your fourth corner, kinda scary to to be honest. Especially yeah. you know, we've seen Norman banged up, we've seen Dunbar banged up. Moreau banged up too. Moreau banged up. Yeah. So, you know, that I, I think we went from it being one of the strengths and and I thought it looked like a strength even with Real and leaving to now one of our weaker positions, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of suck because, you know, when you get rid of a guy like Fuller, you need to spend capital to replace him. And again, I, I love Fabian Moreau. I think he's going to be a very good player. And I think part of the reason why they made this deal is because I do think they believe Moreau can can step in and replace Fuller. But now you have to spend draft capital on his replacement. And, you know, an ideal spot would be the second or third round. Well, you don't have a third round pick now this year either, so it's hard to kind of spend that draft capital. And then when I was looking at a lot of free agent corners last night, a lot of uh, slot corners and stuff like that, there's not many good options. And so this is going to have to be addressed in the draft. And we just lost a, a draft pick to address this. And I look, I, I get people saying that our cornerback group is deep, but it's it's very very young and they've all been injured before. Like, Holsey tore his ACL twice in college. Fabian Moreau was barely healthy last year. Dunbar's struggled with injuries, and Josh Norman missed time a lot last year. Those are your only four guys, and they've all missed time and had a lot of significant injuries. That's not good. So they need to add at least, like, two guys to this through either free agency or through um, the draft, and they just don't have the capital or... I guess the flexibility to address solo that cornerback position with so many other needs, making cornerback a need is just not something that was ideal right now.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yeah, it just seems like an unforced error. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, Moreau and Holsley combined for 70 snaps last year. I mean, that's just insane. They're now going to be expected to be your third and fourth corners. That, that just doesn't make sense, and, and especially Dunbar— does not have a lot of experience. It's not like you have the two best corners in the league at one and two, and you're saying, you know, we'll, we'll take a bit of a, a flyer more on, on Moreau's potential and, and Hosley, you know, uh, developing a little bit. I, I just think, as you mentioned before, not just in the slot, but the Redskins face good quarterbacks. I mean, you know, we don't know what the Giants are going to do. Well, we know they have weapons. Sterling Shepard and Odell Beckham are, are weapons, and, and of course, Evan Ingram at tight end. Dak Prescott, they're probably going to get him more weapons, but he has some to go with it right now. And we definitely know the Eagles' passing attack. You know, when Carson Wentz comes back next year with Jeffrey and Aguilar, uh, and of course, Arts at tight end, I mean, that, that's going to be a dangerous attack. So we need the guys to match up with them, and I just don't know if we have them anymore.
2: Yeah, I'm completely agreement there. I think. The two spots that you always need depth are corner and pass rusher. I I mean, I guess we're going to have more room to sign our pass rushers back and sign some free agency, but getting weaker at corner is not anything ideal. I mean, especially losing your top guy at the position. Because, again, I love Norman. I think he had a good year last year, but Fuller was the top corner. And I was really excited for him going to this year. And, and just losing that along with, like, hurting your depth at the position at a very – a position mm-hmm. that, like, the NFL – is in desperate need of high-caliber play at, I think it, you just you just hurt your roster, I think, in that point. But we're again, we're going to transition again here to another storyline that's kind of been really weird today, and I just want to kind of get your take on this. Uh, apparently, the Broncos and Cousins are close to a deal, which can't really be a thing because that would be illegal tampering. So the only way that would happen is through a sign-in trade. So I kind of wanted to get your quick analysis here. Do you think anything like this is even possible?
0: I would say I'm extremely skeptical. I can't think of anything in recent history that comes close to being something similar, where a player who's about to enter free agency is, is does a sign and trade, and it's done well before you know the illegal tampering or the you know uh, Redskins haven't even put on the transition tag or the franchise tag to start start to shop them around. And and given the fact they've done it twice, like it, it's really hard for them to do it again. Like yeah. this is just a really unprecedented situation, and I just have a tough time believing one why the Broncos would do it, especially if they feel like Cousins wants to go there. Then does it really matter if the Jets get a chance to make an offer on him or not? And you know why would Cousins do it from the perspective of why? force the team you're going to give up any assets when they don't have to. So, I, I don't know. It just seems really odd to me. Could it happen? Maybe there are some rules. But it, right now, it just seems like tampering. And it's obviously not the same situation as the Alex Smith thing, because Alex Smith was clearly under contract for a year, where Cousins does not have a contract for next season and, you know, becomes a free agent March 14th if the Redskins were not put a transition or a franchise tag on him.
2: Exactly. So I'm actually going to go through a scenario where I think it could be possible. But again, I just want to make this clear. I don't think it's going to happen. It's a very far distant pipe dream that I really want to us to be able to re- like recuperate a pick in this draft. Honestly, that's all I really care about because I do think the Skins need another pick in this draft with the added needed corner. But the only way that it could really happen, and again, I, I'm not the most versed in <laughs> something like this, so I might be saying something wrong is... They have to tag him by the by the tag deadline, which would be March 7th. And then they have seven days in there to not only agree to a deal with another team, but also have that team agree to a long-term deal with him. And Kirk to have the gentleman's agreement to not stay on the tag like at the 14th. It, it's a lot that goes into it, but there is a way that it's possible. And the only way I see the Broncos wanting to do something like this is because they probably want to backload a contract with Kirk. If the Jets or or the Cardinals or whoever have more cap space in them, and they front load a contract, it could really hurt the Broncos' chance of signing him. So I, I could see them doing it from that perspective. So they do need to dump some cap space. So if they were to dump a guy like Emmanuel Sanders and like a fifth or sixth round pick to us for Kirk, I could see them doing that because I, I do think they're going to dump one of those big three guys with Demarius, Sanders, or Tlaib. So I could see something like that. But again, it has to happen in that seven-day window when Smith is not on our contract books. Kirk will, will be on our books for seven days. He has to agree with another team, and he has to like, be like compliant with the Redskins. So I don't see it's going to happen. He must. He, he's going to have to really, really want to go to the Broncos for something like this to happen, because the only way they can make it work, I guess, is if they got one of those contracts off the books. But again, I don't see it happening. I really don't. But that's the only kind of somewhat way it could happen, and... I, I mean, again, I just want to clarify one more time. It's it's most likely not going to happen. It's a big pipe dream. It's something I just want because, I, again, I really want to recuperate a pick in this draft, but it's it's very, very unlikely to happen, of course.
0: Yeah, I, you know, to me, it just seems like, could it happen? Yes, possible it could happen, but it just doesn't make any sense from Cousins' perspective. And And honestly, I don't even know if it makes a lot of sense from the Broncos' perspective yeah. because, you know, they could... Trade to leave somewhere else and pick up a late round pick yep. or, or whatever, and then just sign Cousins. And, you know, like the whole backloading, front loading, it matters some, but, you know, it's all going to be the total guarantee. That's what's going to matter to Cousins. And, you know, they can always create money by, you know, back, you know, redoing Von Miller's contract or some of these others. So I, I would just be shocked. I think Cousins has waited so long to hit the open market why would you not when you're this close? I mean, even if the Broncos are his number one team, why not see what's out there? You know, you don't know. Maybe the Vikings, you know, decide, hey, we were, you know, a game away. We have an elite defense. We got two really good receivers. Let's take a run at Cousins, you know. I, I think a lot of teams view Cousins as a top-ten quarterback. So, you know, I could see them being kind of a dark horse. I, I could see the Cardinals making a run. I don't really see the Jets. Browns, who knows? I mean, that's a tough sell, but... And Bills, I think, might be a bit of a tough sell, too. But I think uh, Broncos are are in the lead. You know, we'll see the Jaguars situation with the whole Bortles contract scenario. But uh, I think beyond that, Arizona and then Minnesota is an interesting pivot also.
2: Yeah, I completely agree there. And, again, it is a long shot. I think the only way it really happens is if the Broncos get very desperate for a quarterback, which we have seen. Teams do get very desperate for a quarterback. I mean, we just saw the Redskins trade a third-round pick and (laughs) – and one of their best defensive players for a 33-year-old guy on a one-year contract. So, again, teams get desperate for quarterbacks. It wouldn't shock me if, if a team tried to do the Cousins trade here. I Again, I just don't see it happening either. But last little topic we're going to cover here before we call it a show is I want you to give me your most optimistic viewpoint of this trade and how it can be wherever you want here, what you think potentially could happen, or, or just if there's any positives to take out of this trade. So, go. Positive reaction to this trade.
0: Well, first, I'd say the positive reactions is one. You you got to hope what we just talked about that those young corners all step up, and the Fuller loss, Breeland loss, is not near as bad as we both fear that it can be. Uh, not to say that it won't still sting, but if Moreau and Dunbar are playing well, then at least you can say we actually did have the depth. Um, so that that'd be the number one thing. I think the thing that you that the Redskins need to do to maximize this is you know basically twofold. Offensively, I think they need to find pieces around that fit Smith's style better, as you said. He's more of a dump off guy. I don't think you need to go out there and get another deep threat receiver. I think you maybe need another possession guy. I, I think you need to definitely fix that offensive line with you know right now Long and Laval, both as free agents, you need to figure that out with how they do that so they have a stable offensive line because Smith has always had really high sack rates. I know Cousins did this past year, but that was with his O-line just in the MASH unit for the entire year. So, you know, Smith needs a lot of protection. And then I I think you just got to hope that you can get a stud running back in the draft and hope you win the way Kansas City has won with an, an improved defense and a good running game. The other thing I'd recommend is to actually do what a lot of contending teams do and, you know, play the comp game, comp pick game. And, you know, if you're going to let Cousins walk and you can't sign do the sign-and-trade scenario, at least get that third-rounder for him when he walks. Don't sign a corresponding free agent that's going to cancel that out. Don't sign more free agents than you lost. Same with Breeland. I mean, it'd be great next year if we have two extra third-round picks. Yeah, I would re-sign yeah. our own guys. Re-sign mm-hmm. Long. Re-sign uh, Zach Brown. Maybe re-sign <clears throat> Trent Murphy. You know, a couple of these other guys. And And if you have a little extra cap room, that's fine save it for next year. That's, again, what a lot of contending teams do. They build up their cap space. You don't need to use every dollar. So that would be the way I'd approach it, to try and maximize Alex Smith by becoming more of a run-focused team with short targets. And, you know, Doxson can still be the deep threat every now and then, but maximize what Alex Smith can do well. And then defensively, hopefully the corners step up. Hopefully, you know, the rest of your draft is really defensive focus to get some more pieces there and and hope the rest of these young guys that we talked about before just continue to step up, not just in the secondary, but, you know, guys like Jonathan Allen and, and Ioannidis and Lanier and all these guys. So I do that. And then I try and recoup some of what you've lost by getting the comp picks for Cousins, by getting the comp pick for Breland, maybe any other key free agents who leave as well.
2: Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with most of what you just said there. I think my big optimistic viewpoint of this is one Finally, the quarterback position is finally figured out. We, I mean, I know it's Alex Smith, but at least we have something stable for five years now. You know, I, Again, I only think it's going to be a three-year thing with him, but it's something stable, and I think we kind of have a sense of what they're going to do with this quarterback situation. They're kind of going to do what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. I think the Redskins will draft a quarterback or trade up for one or do whatever and sit him behind Alex Smith for a year or two, and then they will probably either shop or cut Alex Smith as well. But again, I think we have a clear direction at quarterback, which... Again, I wish it was Kirk Cousins, I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan, I wish they would have done the big deal a couple years ago, but at least we have stability there, so I'm, I am actually very happy about that, and again, I, I think they got the next best option. You know, Again, say what you want about what they gave up, they did get the next best option, which I'm okay with in that regard. You know, Again, Fuller was a lot, but I'm okay with it in that regard. And then jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, I, again, I'm very upset that they got rid of Fuller, but... Torian Gray was excellent this past season coaching up these young defensive backs. I mean, Monte Nicholson for Bleach Report ranked as the 7th best safety in all of football. DJ Swearinger was the 14th best safety in all of football. I think Josh Norman was a top 30 corner. And again, Fuller was the top slot corner in the NFL. So if anyone can really develop Halsey and Moreau to be top guys or be guys who can come in and fill a great role I think Torian Gray can do it so I have a lot of faith in Torian Gray I have a lot of faith in Dunbar and again I think Moreau has all the height weight speed that you want I think he has all the physical traits to be a star corner so I do think that outlook going forward is okay it's just I want them to add some depth free agency is going to be big and the draft is going to be huge don't don't break the bank for some free agents now that you have some extra money sign your guys back bring back Gillette bring back Murphy solidify that pass rush bring back some offensive linemen Spencer Long can come back now uh, Zach Brown can come back now. Focus on bringing your guys back. Don't break the bank for free agents and focus on the draft. And I think the Redskins can be okay going forward. And I do like that they have a set direction now. So it's not all uh, doom and gloom like we were kind of talking about earlier on this podcast. There, We do have, you know, we still have something going here. It's still We're still going to be a 7-9 to nine win team with Smith and, and all these guys coming back. It's just... I do think it's going to be a drop-off a little bit in play from what we saw this past season. But that's all we have for you guys uh, on this podcast here today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Steve, you were an excellent guest as always. Any last words before we call tonight?
0: (laughs) HTTR, hopefully hopefully they're right this time and they got their quarterback.
2: (laughs) You know what? They have the right direction, so I'm at least okay with that. But again, yeah, HTTR as always, uh, you know, hail to the Redskins until we die and Hopefully we can win one Super Bowl before we both die. So we will see. (laughs) And uh, again, hail to the Redskins, guys. I will probably have another uh, podcast up tomorrow and Friday talking solely about this uh, Redskins trade and all that because uh, the Redskins really threw a wrench into my plans for the whole week. So I will have to throw out some more podcasts next week too as a result. But guys, be sure to tune in tomorrow as I probably have another guest on to talk about quarterbacks and, and the difference between Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins. So I will talk to you guys tomorrow.